Hi guys, I'm Bree. And I'm Allie, and this is Off Script. If you think about it, books are potential scripts for movies. When this adaptation happens, typically it's disappointing because they went off script. In this series, we will be talking about how off script they went. You guys, first off, welcome to oh. Off Script. I almost said welcome to podcast. Welcome to the podcast. Podcast to podcast. This is the podcast host podcast. <laughs> <sighs> you also have to realize, guys, it's really late for me. Bree's been up almost 24 hours now. Why do I keep doing this myself? This is the third week in a row. <laughs> and it's Comic-Con weekend. Woohoo! My first ever Comic-Con. Yeah. I'm so excited, excited for Friday. Yeah. Good. Really fun. I'm excited. I'm about to spend... I don't want to spend a lot of money. <laughs> I cannot spend a lot of money. Hopefully you don't find any art you like. <laughs> I guess we'll see. <laughs> I want to find, uh, I'll show you in my car before we go in, but there's two little, like, sections on my front doors where I want to get a small little, like, decal for. I really Ooh, want a Sailor cute. Moon one. So I'm I hoping. I thought of car decals. Yeah, they have, there's a booth that's always there that's, like, ginormous that has a ton of car decals. Oh, great. And this is the first year where I'm like, yeah, I'll put decals on my car. Yeah. All right. That's dangerous. And you might find like an artist. Artists will also do commissions. So like if you mm. want them to draw your kids for you, if you like their style. That'd be so cool. Yeah. Oh, shoot. Probably shouldn't have told you that. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But that's why I plan on taking us through Artist Alley so you can yeah. kind of see. Okay. Well, I'm excited. Because I only last year got a few commissions and that's when I was like, I could have been asking people to draw me specific things. <laughs> that would be so cool. Anyways, Allie here. Bree here. And half asleep. Nope, not really. I'm awake. Oh, that's good. Yeah, we're fine. We... I'm pissed, you guys. <laughs> Paint your picture and then we'll get into what I need to talk to you about. My picture painting. We <laughs> legit just finished watching the movie misery oh we're doing misery this week stephen king happy spooky season oh yeah it's Woo-hoo! october now. october <laughs> yeah, technically it's august when we're recording shh, shh. we gotta paint the illusion <laughs> spooky uh, season Allie doesn't like scary movies so i told her i would watch all of these listen i like scary movies in october and i know you're like but it is october <laughs> It's not. <laughs> hey, did you see that there's another Halloween movie coming out? You ready to oh go see heck. that with me? Why? It's Halloween ends. Is it going to really end this time? Probably not, oh, but <laughs> I mean, the last one ended on a cliffhanger. I guess that's true. Yeah, sure. But anyways, no, I love scary movies in October. Like, I do scary movies every week, and, like, Cam and I used to do them, like, every other day. We would do a scary movie in every October. Every day. Yeah, we would. I, we had to do in-betweens of, like, Disney movies, so I'm not... I wasn't scared. <laughs> but no, we we really enjoy... I enjoy scary movies in October. I love them any day. So, yeah. So I was like, Brie, watch the scary... Watch all the Stephen King movies with me. Well, not all of them, because I've seen Secret Window, but all the other ones. <laughs> not all of them, and then you say one. Yes. <laughs> but... Oh my gosh. Well, I guess I don't have to watch The Shining with you either. No. Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't seen that one. I saw it a long time ago. We're not even doing The Shining this year. No, that's coming 
way in the future, guys. Sorry. <laughs> Next year. <laughs> but uh, they screwed it up so much. So are you aware of the like Stephen King thing? I don't know what that means. <laughs> uh, people hate him as an author because they say he ruins the ending of books. Is that why in... Mm-hmm. I guess we'll get to it next time. With the next podcast, Secret Window. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly why. How funny. That's exactly why. That's also why in the new It, he he has a cameo and he says something, like he's given someone a book because they're buying it and uh-huh. he's like the store owner and he goes, be careful with that. They say the ending's bad. How funny. <laughs> uh, so... I'm pretty certain that a lot of the movies that we're going to watch with him, the ending's different because it's the better right version. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Well. Which I think is stupid. It wasn't Except just the ending here. It was in the, the whole dang movie. One that we know that I like that ending. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. So let's, let's, let's get to it. We watched and read Misery. Stephen King, as we've just been saying. And we're going to do a gore warning right now because this was a pretty... Wait, are you done painting the picture? About how pissed I am? Oh, is that, that all you was my emotion. It was my emotional painting. I guess <laughs> okay. uh, we're back to one mic, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having laptop issues. So hopefully... I know, we just figured out audio, how it works great. And then Bree's texting me. She's like... Uh, I had to cut out a bunch of <laughs> Withering Heights because it didn't work. And I was like, oh, no. Yeah, so, it literally, I'll be talking about one thing and then I... And did you know that? And it's like the next thought. Oh, I no. <laughs> I'm like, cool. I had to cut out about Emily Bronte. Oh, shoot. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well. Guys, I'm upset because... <laughs> talk about Withering Heights again in Misery. <laughs> oh, well, I guess I could. I could. Real fast. Real yeah. fast. I'll House, give you housekeeping. two seconds. Housekeeping. Go. Okay, so in the movie Withering Heights, the narrator is freaking Emily Bronte herself. <laughs> like, how stupid is that? But they also don't explain this to you. You have to go and figure this out on IMDb. There you go. All right. <laughs> I forgot that I could do that. <laughs> it's our podcast. We can do whatever the heck we want to do. <laughs> and I really wanted that. And that last, I, uh, I was like, there's got to be a way for me to keep it. But I literally go, did you know that Emily? Bro- <laughs> and then, so this is about Heathcliff and Catherine. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go, people. Okay. Uh, <laughs> guys. Okay. My picture that I'm still painting. I my mind is so flustered right now because I'm so upset. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we're back to one mic. Hopefully it sounds okay. I was so proud of us. We finally got the audio somewhat like pretty great. Well, the bonus episode sounded fine, so I think That's we'll be true. fine. You shouldn't okay. lean on the table. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Anyways, okay. So <laughs> now to misery. We're going to do a gore warning. Yes. Because this book was nasty. The movie's pretty bad, too. If you haven't watched it, uh, I mean, it's it was made in the 90s, so it's not horrible. Like, there's worse things out there now. But, yeah, 
to someone with a sensitive stomach, it might be gross. Oh, yeah, that... I covered my eyes a time or two. What? It was gross. I but it was nowhere near as gross as the book. Not cover my eyes. No, the book had me. There were times where I thought I was going to puke with the yes. book. But anyways, um, so this is my first ever Stephen King story. I've never read Stephen King before. This was the first one I've ever read. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And uh, I was shocked at how many metaphors he uses. He's like... He's the king of metaphors. Yeah, every couple mm-hmm. sentences, it's a mm-hmm. metaphor, which was kind of fun to read. But also reading four of his books back to back. I know. It's very interesting. All right, you guys. So, let me tell you about this book. <laughs> <laughs> Misery. So, I decided I'm going to start writing up long, pointless things. <laughs> And I'm so nervous now, guys. Bree's sitting next to me, and so she can read all my notes and judge me again like the first few Harry Potter ones. Okay. <laughs> this is a thriller following Paul Sheldon, a famous or famous for his misery novels. <laughs> Dang it, see where I got my messing up. A famous. <laughs> I thought I wrote a famous author. Look, I'm telling myself what I wrote. Uh, Every time, guys, get ready for me to screw up the synopsis. <laughs> I also like that you always screwed up when you're excited for it. I know. (laughs) Okay. All right. Famous for his misery novels, which are romantic stories. Misery is the name of the main character, which, you know, I was confused about for a little bit. I was like, what the heck? And then, I mean, obviously he goes into detail about it. But anyways, (laughs) he he was. (laughs) See, I love I love things like that where like. When the book's title comes into play like that. And so I love that the main right. character's I name loved is Misery. It. Yeah. I loved that it's the book is about him and him pain. being in misery. Yeah. Basically because of misery. Yeah. No, I love that. He was found by a woman named Annie Wilkes, his number one fan. Mm-hmm. She finds a manuscript of the next Misery novel where he kills off Misery. She gets very angry and tortures him in many gruesome ways while making him write her a new book just for her. I, I didn't even stop. put the ending in there. I, I thought I was going to put the whole thing. I guess I I didn't. I'm kind of glad you didn't. Because I think the synopsis, we shouldn't be telling everyone everything right off the bat. Well, <laughs> fine. I'll start changing them up. All right. So, we have author Stephen King, director Rob Reiner, and screenplay writer William Goldman. And we we didn't mention this because we started writing doing the screenplay writer last uh, yeah, uh, in pod. Withering Heights, uh, we figured in re-listening to our Harry Potter podcast, I realized we kind of diss the writers. A we're lot. super pissed at all the writers, so we got to give them credit for <laughs> for making us pissed. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Okay. It came out. Book came out June eighth, nineteen eighty seven. Movie November thirtieth, nineteen ninety. Mm. Three year difference. That's not too long. No, it's not. Remember how last time I said that uh, we were going to get into, uh, not deeper, longer mm-hmm. breaks? Yeah. I kind of thought Stephen King was going to be one of those, but apparently not. Initial thoughts, because I've never read the book or seen the movie, and you saw the movie a long time ago, but never read the book. Long time ago, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what were your initial thoughts of the whole story in general, not the comparing? Well, first off, I freaking... Stephen King's one of my favorite authors. I've read... So many of his books now. Um, except for so many, it feels like. But really, I think... What? Shining. Sleep Doctor. Secret Window. Misery. Did you read it? 
thank you. <laughs> I was like, there's one other one. Why am I? <laughs> the one I'm most proud of finishing. <laughs> it. <laughs> um, and then I read Everything's Eventual, which is one of his other, like, Four Past Midnights. Okay. Um, and I just, I love his stories. I love his characters. One of my favorite things is finding his little Easter eggs of other stories. So, like, a lot of... Oh, wait, nope, that's Secret Window. <laughs> oh, my word. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, they talk about Sidewinder, which is where the Shining Hotel is. And Overlook and Overlook. The Shining Hotel is called Overlook. Oh my god, I'm <laughs> sleep brain coming at you. <laughs> so yeah, but because I had seen it forever ago, there was only the one scene that I remember and now I realize why that was the only scene that I remember. So the whole time I just kind of kept like, <laughs> it was almost like I kept imposing because I thought that they would be scenes that were important. And I would be like, oh, yeah, I remember seeing this. Oh, yeah, I remember seeing this. Yeah. That's not the case. <laughs> well, I freaking love the book. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember, which Brie was really nervous about. She's like, oh, no. Oh, God. <laughs> you guys, I started reading it before she did. And I was probably on, like, the third chapter. And <laughs> all I could think was... Allie has never read Stephen King. Allie is not a big fan of horror. <laughs> what am I getting her into? <laughs> I really liked it. I was, I was like, especially when it got super intense, I mm-hmm. was like, had to know what happened next. Mm-hmm. And so then I was like, oh, this is going to be such a great movie. And then they fudged it up. <laughs> Y'all. Ah. I guess we better get to that. I know. Well, what's funny is I I still like the movie. Like, yeah, there's a lot of differences, but I, I like the movie. Yeah. <laughs> I'm already... <laughs> Except for I didn't say that I like which... You didn't I say which know. one you like better. Yeah, you gotta think about that. All right, so here's we go. So it starts off by Paul Sheldon being, like, getting in a car crash, basically. Yep. yep. And because it's... uh snowy out and he crashes his car oh do you want to know why i laughed at the beginning of the movie yes okay guys for those of you listening who are on the Stephen king bandwagon um the the production company that was used for this was the castle rock entertainment production company do you know the hbo series castle rock i've heard of it fuck great show okay it's based off of Stephen king's characters second season is all about annie oh wow yeah mean girl janice is cast as annie in mean girls oh janice oh okay okay yeah she's cast as young annie okay and it's her story ish and so you see her being a nurse and like really she's like she's a nurse only to get drugs for her and her daughter okay uh and it just i freaking love that show i it's great and again it like ties like the first season is shawshank redemption second season is misery but it is loosely based on the characters so you see a different like 
side to the story and it's just it's so good but i thought it was hilarious that the entertainment company was castle rock how funny easter eggs mm-hmm all right so paul wakes up in this house and in the book in the book yes and he's like in major pain mm-hmm. and his legs are just like killing him right and so there's this woman there named Annie Wilkes, and she's like, I'm your biggest fan. Oh my gosh. Like, And she just seems like a very nice lady who just saved his life. <laughs> right? Even in the movie, they did a pretty good yeah. job of making yeah. her seem like very nice. Yeah. Um, And then she says she found... Should we start with the movie, though? I guess so, yeah. The movie Because the movie before... starts way differently than... Okay, yeah. <laughs> Go this it. is hilarious because we're flipped. Be. I know. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so in the movie, you actually start by seeing Paul writing a manuscript. You don't know what the manuscript is. You see him finishing it. You see him celebrating by himself. You see him getting into a car and then the car crashing. I like seeing that. I like... Because in the book, although it is kind of nice in the book being able to speculate, but like in the book, you're kind of like, whoa, why did he crash? Whoa, what happened? Whoa, what? Mm-hmm. Whereas this, it's kind of like, okay, here's the story. Here's what's happening. Oh, there were also a bunch of Easter eggs in this bit for a bunch of other Stephen King's books. It's funny because you can tell the like companies and brands that Stephen King likes when it comes to like cigarettes, wine, champagne, soda. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um I do think that the car crash was cheesy because in the movie it was overdone. Super overdone. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after the car crash, we then flash back to Paul talking to who I think is supposed to be his agent. It's never ever like clearly stated who she is. Plus who her name's Marsha. That's all we get told. I put oh. down who's Marsha. <laughs> Because um, in the book, there's literally, like, Paul, Paul and Annie. Annie. And then some cops. That's it. And this one had a couple other main characters. Yeah. Which was interesting. Yep. But the whole purpose of him in the meeting with Marsha is basically for us readers to see that he is telling someone where he's going to be. So that they know when to expect to, like, hear from him so that when things happen, it makes more sense why someone's looking for him. Yeah. Now, we're kind of back to where Allie was explaining. There's a nice woman there. You think she's nice because she saved Paul. She's explained, like, there was a bl- bl- blizzard. <laughs> bl- bl- blizzard. <laughs> there was a big, I almost said a big lizard. <laughs> Could you imagine? Godzilla come out and just, like... <laughs> I saved you, Paul. I saved you from Godzilla. <laughs> we would know immediately that Annie was insane. Um, <laughs> there's a big blizzard, and uh, so that's why he's not in the hospital, and that's why she had to save him, and blah, blah, blah. Uh, at this point in the movie, she shows him his feet. She never showed him his feet in the book. She just kind of was like, I saved you. You're in bad shape here. She also, at this point, is like feeding him pills every hour on the hour almost. Mm -hmm. I I think it's every like four to six hours. But Mm -hmm. 
she's giving him a lot of pills at this point. And in the movie, not as often. Mm-hmm. But in the movie, she shows him his feet. And his feet are like three times the size of what they're supposed to be. They're like hobbit feet. But yeah. Like it's almost like he has blue. hypothermia. Yeah. And I'm like, I feel like your foot would have fallen off with they that. They were just mm-hmm. like <laughs> awful. Mm-hmm. Like I've had a swollen foot before. And it looked pretty bad, but <laughs> not as bad as not balls. like that. No. <laughs> uh, and then it keeps in the book. The book stays with Paul the whole entire time. Mm-hmm. There's it never goes to what's happening outside of town. It's written in first person too, which is kind of mm-hmm. cool because we can read all his like what he's thinking as he's kidnapped and all this sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um. And in the movie, obviously, it's a movie. And so they didn't make it first person. It's told in third person. And so to be able to juxtapose the fact that he's trapped, we go back and forth between scenes with the cops and scenes with him and Annie. And so I originally didn't like that the cops got involved right away. But then, as I was telling Allie while we were watching it, in the book, there's a lot of Paul's downtime when he's alone and he can't do anything where he's like, I bet you the cops are going to like see my car because the snow is going to melt and my car is going to be there and they're going to see it and they're going to know. Because he's a writer. So he has like this super imaginative intuition type yeah. thing, which I think is The Shining for those of you who have read The Shining. <laughs> there we go. Mm-hmm. Um. So then I'm still in the, like, beginning <laughs> intro. That's fine. Okay. Uh, so as Annie is, like, introducing herself and, like, talking to him, she then lets it out that she knows where he's been staying in town and, like, she was following him. And in the book, she's just like, it was so lucky that I happened upon you. Like, not... Yeah. I didn't even know you were staying in town. Yeah, it was, like, like a mystery. Like I don't think anyone really knew... That he was in town. No. 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 And then this is also when Paul starts asking Annie if he can use the phone to call his daughter. He does not have a daughter. He has two ex-wives. <laughs> and he doesn't care about them. And, like, what was the point of it? Because in the movie, that's all he says is, I just have to call my daughter. Like, the daughter is not... The daughter in- has a birthday when he's trapped and he's trying to use that to call her. Yes. And it's like... But it was, like... You don't see her. There was no point to no. say a do- Like, I don't understand why they would just... Uh, I think it gives you more of a sense of urgency to let him go. Yeah, it's done. But, yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree. Especially the only time we even hear of the daughter is when he says that. And then the agent, when she calls the cop, is like, I spoke to his daughter and his daughter hasn't spoken to him today. Yeah, that was it. That was it. She's not in the movie. And then in this scene, Annie is like, in the book, she leaves to get him pills and to get him food. And every time she leaves, she closes the door. In the book, she just leaves. In the movie. Yep. (laughs) In the movie, she just leaves and leaves the door wide open so that they can sit there and chit chat with each other still. It was very not like kidnapper style. It was really like, but I think at this point too, to be fair, in the movie, oh, we're supposed to think that Annie's nice. Yes. She's and not, not crazy. Yeah, she's not crazy yet. Okay. So, now in the book, I guess they did this in the movie too. Mm-hmm. Uh 
she finds his copy of the book that he just finished. That's where he was going when he got in his accident was to go turn it in and get it published and all that sort of stuff. But it's not part of his misery. I forgot the word. I thought it was. And he kills misery in it. No, that book's already out. This one's Fast Cars. About the car thief. Oh, that's right. (laughs) You keep doing that. I keep doing that. I don't know why I keep blending them. Because she gets mad at him for it. But I'm also like, how are you his number one fan and you haven't read the Misery book that's been out and you bought it and it's sitting on your shelf? So why does she make him burn it then? Because it's not Misery. Oh, I thought she had him burn it because Misery died in it. (laughs) No! No, she's... That makes more sense now, actually, because I was so confused as to if he burned it, then... He Misery never died anyway, so why did he have to write her back to life? Yeah, it's because it's a completely new story. Okay. He's trying to bring a new story, in, and okay. she's like, you can't. You need to be writing Misery. Got it. All right, sorry, guys. I was, like, <laughs> mentally trying to get caught up. I know we were just jumped all around right there. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love this book, and I... Don't understand. I know. It. Oh, it's hilarious. I thought I explained it to you upstairs. I'm sure you did, and I was just like focused on how wrong the movie was. But, <laughs> but anyways, okay, so she's pissed. So she well, read. So he has his fast cars manuscript with him, and it's not part of his misery series. And she doesn't fully know this. She just sees a new manuscript, and she's like, "Oh, is this your new book?" And he's like, yeah, it is. And so she's like, could I by chance read it? He's like, yeah, sure. Go for it. So she takes it. She reads it. Then she comes back. She's pissed. She's like, well, she's feeding him. Yeah. So she's feeding him and she just gets angry about the fact that they're cussing in it. They're cussing in it. And then how dare you drop the F-bombs? Yeah. Gosh. I don't, I feel like I messed this part up. <laughs> oh, I see what I did. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's why I'm kind of like. Thank you. Yeah. All right. I see what I did here. <laughs> yeah. My notes are making sense now. Okay. So she's getting upset because he's swearing in it and everything like that. And then she just gets like. I will say they did well in the movie, the scene, because in the book and movie, there's a scene when she's getting upset at him about the fact that there's cussing in the manuscript. Where she's like, what, do you think I go down to the pig store and I go, where's the effing pig feet? Yeah. <laughs> like all that. And so they, that was all the same. They yeah. like quoted that basically. And and then in the book, she throws the uh, soup she's feeding him against the wall. And in the movie. And makes a mess on the floor. Yeah. In the movie, she spills it. Like barely. On his bed. Barely. Just a little bit. Yeah. And, and she's like, look what you made me do. And in the book, this is the first this was actually when I texted Allie and went, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I don't know what I got us into because <laughs> I didn't remember this happening in the movie because it didn't happen in the movie. But in the book, after she's thrown the soup on the wall, she goes and gets a bucket of water and a rag to clean up. And she cleans up the mess and she scrubs the floor and she scrubs the wall and she gets it all clean. And then she makes Paul drink the bucket water. That to she's wash down just, his pills. Yeah. And so it's dirty, soup, gross water that she's making him drink. Yeah. It was so gross. But it gets grosser. 
<laughs> yeah, it gets, that's not even the worst of it. <laughs> so then after that, so he now he's like on a he needs his pills in the book. He's mm-hmm. like he is in so much pain. Like, that's all he can think about is he needs these pills. And in the movie, it's like he's starting to save his pills. To, like, yeah. He like from the start them. has been saving up his pills. He's yeah, like, oh, so he, like pretend this. to take them and then put yeah. them away. This is also in the movie where she starts to close the door. This is where we start to see her go from the friendly Annie to a little crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So then she gets his new misery book and she reads it. Well, in the book, she already has it. She just hasn't read it yet. Yes. In the movie, she runs to the freaking corner store and buys it. And I'm like, again, you're his number one fan. My only thoughts are that in the movie, they made it come out then. Like, she went and bought it, oh, like, day of type of thing. I feel like they would have explained that. I mean, that was just better thoughts I had. Oh. Me, just how she said, she was like, look what I found. They had this on one of those nifty little racks. I mean, I guess. I, don't know. I took it as a, it just Opening came out. Like if but you, you also the thought number... the manuscript was yes. it. If you are the number one fan, though, you're right. You would have it. So that's why I took it as mm-hmm. it wasn't out yet. And so she went and got it. Mm-hmm. And so then she's reading it. Well, and she's just like, oh, my gosh, it's so great. I love it. Blah, 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 blah. And then all of a sudden... She, like, busts in his room and is like, you killed her! Because he... Oh. Pause. Oh. Before this in the movie, after she's bought Misery's book, as she's leaving the room to go and read the new Misery book, she makes a note because he asks to call his daughter for her birthday. And she was like, oh, "Oh, don't worry about it. I called and talked to your agent and... Something, I can't even remember, something about the phone line's not working. Yeah, she says at her house her phones don't work because of the storm, but they work mm-hmm. in town. So, so she, she called the agent. Which never happened. Like, she never says. No. She never lies about that. Yeah. But, um. Where were we? She's getting pissed. Oh, yeah. So she's getting. You got more? Yeah, I do, <laughs> actually. Uh. Also. She, uh, again, she's supposed to be torturing him. Like, right now it's just subtly torturing him in the book. And, like, in the book. Okay. (laughs) And, like, in the book she's supposed to be feeding him barely anything because he's basically just on a diet of pills. Because, again, I don't know if she's purposely making him addicted or... I think so. I thought so, too. Just because of the TV show and what I know from Annie. Um... But, so, in the movie, though, he had, like, nice full-on meals, like, fried rice. <laughs> like, they look good. Yeah. I was like, man, that's better than I eat. Yeah. I'll, Annie, you can drop me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, And then I wrote down how he's supposed to get addicted to pills <laughs> because there's no way for him to no, get addicted to No, there's no way. Uh, it wasn't. <laughs> In the book, I feel like in the book, in the first introduction of her, she explains the barn with the pig misery. Yeah, so she she explains that she lives on a barn, a farm area, and then Paul's immediate thoughts are like, oh, you know, is it a big farm? Because he's like, okay, if it's a big farm, she has to have help. 
And she's like, nope, just me and like a cow or a couple chickens and my pig, Misery. <laughs> and he's like, your pig's name is Misery? And she's like, yeah, I told you I'm your number one fan. But in the movie, the pig freaking comes in the room. And she's just like, oh, look at Misery. Look at she's so cute. <laughs> so for we didn't get that great scene of Kathy Bates acting like a pig. I know. <laughs> so then, well, that happened in the book, too. She made a, a oh, she pig did. noise. Yeah. And uh, I never pictured it like how she just did it. No, I didn't either. She like full on was like <laughs> snorting like a pig. <laughs> it was pretty good. Uh, um, and then before she goes to read the misery book, she explains how her husband left her. Whereas in the book, we know nothing about her husband for a long time. Yeah. And when we do find something out, she explains that he's dead yeah rather than just left her right um so then we start to kind of get the inkling of oh something bad happened maybe it's because of her but in the movie like nothing gets no no foreshadowing nope what do you say they were holding our hands that wouldn't be a holding hands no this was they were (laughs) letting us go in the dark (laughs) i guess that would be the opposite they were holding her hands to nothingness because like, <laughs> yeah. nothing happened. They're like, here you go. Go out into the real world. Have fun. <laughs> All right. So now, as I've said like four times, <laughs> Misery has died in the book and she's pissed. Like she's super furious. And so she... Uh... Oh, I guess that's the other thing that we should explain with this too, though, because... The reason Paul is riding fast cars is because he's sick of misery. He's done with misery. He's been in misery, riding misery. Yeah. And he's ready to be rid of that character. And so this is why he killed her off. Because he was like, the only way to let her go is to kill her. Because if he didn't, agents and everyone would have been like, okay, you want to write this book, but we need a new misery book to come. So he had to kill her to be free of her. Yes. So then I almost said Kathy reads it. (laughs) It's Kathy Bates. Oh. <laughs> Not because of Kathy. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. So she is super pissed, as I've said, like, five <laughs> times now before I get interrupted again. Uh, and so is this when... Oh, this is when... This is when in the book he... She leaves for a second and he pulls down the bedding to see how super busted up his legs are. Mm-hmm. So he was the one who initially looked at... Mm-hmm. his legs mm-hmm. and in the book he drinks his own pee at this part at this point because he's so freaking thirsty and like <laughs> it was so gross because she left him for a while a and long so he, like, time he also strained it through like the bed sheet so that it wasn't just straight urine which is good yeah but he and he's like starting to go through withdrawals and everything mm-hmm. And he's thirsty, he's hungry, withdrawals. In the movie, she just breaks a side table over Paul's head. She also freaking broke the plant's pot. Rude. How dare she? That plant. (laughs) That poor plant. She did not deserve it. But also, did you see how it was, uh, what is it called? It was root. There's a word for it when it needed to be repotted anyway. Oh, yeah, because it was all clumped together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But... So then in the movie, after she is gone, now she's left, she's like drove off in both book and movie. But in the book, he kind of just like passed out 
like he right. passes out from the pain yes. from the fact that he doesn't have his pills yes. from everything. And so in the movie though he decides I'm going to tr- go try and explore and get out of here. And so he gets out, out of his bed. Yeah, and then he tries to open the door but it's locked. And then he Although I will say this is also the first like cringe moment in the movie because he like oh, yeah. Slowly, he first gets his upper part of his body out of the bed, and then he has to get his legs out, and it's a straight-up 90s bed where it's, like, the metal frame, and it's a good, like, probably foot and a half up above the floor. So he had to drop his broken legs onto the floor. It looked painful. Yeah. And so, uh, and then he passes out on the floor. And so Andy comes home, and she's like... Oh, Paul, what are you doing on the floor? Mm-hmm. So then he gets, she gets him back in bed. Mm-hmm. And then gives him pills and he puts the pills under his mattress. Yeah. So, you know, because he's not in pain or anything. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now Annie's like, okay, I have something for you. And she brings in a barbecue and is like, okay, you need to burn this manuscript. Like, mm-hmm. be rid be of it. Be rid of this in the world. Yes. Let it go so and- you can make good art yes and so he doesn't want to because he only has that one he hasn't sent it away to mm-hmm. his publishers Agent. or agents yep. or anyone it's that one and copy. he doesn't make copies on his laptop because he doesn't trust them and yada yada which is stupid <laughs> super stupid um and somehow like in the book annie doesn't know this obviously like how would she know this? Like, this isn't something authors divulge when they're in interviews for anything. But in the movie, Annie knows this. Annie is like, I know that you don't make copies. I know that you never right. save them on your laptop. And I know that you don't do this. Right. Which is dumb. And so he's like trying not to burn it. But eventually in the book, she's uh, she is withholding his pills and food from him. Mm-hmm. And so he's in so much pain that he finally burns it. Whereas in the movie, he does it because she freaking threatens him by pouring lighter fluid yeah. on him. I was like, yeah. uh. Well, first she pours lighter fluid on the manuscript, which doesn't happen in the book. Uh-huh. And then she tosses it around the bed. Yeah. So then he's like, okay, fine. And he burns it. I also realized at this point in the movie that... Uh, they kept adding extra dialogue that at first was irritating me because I was like, Annie never says this in the book and neither does Paul. Like, what is going on? But then I realized it's to make up for the lack of monologue that we hear from Paul. Yeah, Because a lot of times it was something in relation to what he had been thinking in the book, but it was just being said by one or the other yeah. in the movie. That makes sense. At this point in the movie, too, this is when we see our first helicopter search for Paul. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Which never happens. There's no helicopters at all in the book. Yeah, no. It take, It also takes a long time before we even see that cops are searching for her. Yes. Paul. Oh, my gosh. All right. So then Annie surprises Paul and says, look, I bought you a typewriter. It's just like the ones you, you like to use. And... And she bought him this really fancy, expensive paper. And he's just kind of like, oh, great, but this is not good paper. And it's he shows her how it smudges. And But in the book, he shows her by taking a pencil and making a line and taking a pen and making a line and smudging it. Whereas in the movie, he full on puts a piece of paper in the typewriter and types it and then shows how it smudges. 
Annie gets pissed again because she's like, I bought you this perfectly fine paper. It's the most expensive there is. Like, why are you being so ungrateful? Make me go back to the store. You know, Annie can't do anything right type of thing. And in the movie, she's just kind of like, is there anything else you need? She gets snotty and angry. But in the book, it's like 10 times worse. Yeah. And she full on like smacks his legs up again and. Uh, and then in the movie, he, she just, like, drops the ream of paper on his legs. Well, I feel like she also, like, pushed it. it. It didn't show it well because it was an overhead shot, but she, like, slams it on his legs, and I think she pushes down to kind of give him more pain. Yeah, that would be how he's... Mm-hmm. Okay, so, now he's in the chair, and still, she he's in the wheelchair, and he... Oh, she has left now. She's left to go to the store to buy him the right paper. And he's like, okay, I got to get out of here for real. So he found a bobby pin and he starts like jiggling the lock to get out. And he starts like unlocking the lock. In the book, the bobby pin breaks in the... Doesn't he also find like two or three bobby pins? I don't remember. I'm pretty sure he has two or three because the one that breaks and then he's still able to try and... Okay. And so, but he can eventually get out, whereas in the book, the bobby pin doesn't break at all. In the movie. Thank you. In the movie, it doesn't break at all. And so, then he's, like, searching the house to, like, for the phone. No, he goes, originally in the book, goes out for pills, because he is in pain. Yeah, that's all he wants. He's like, if I can get pills and food, because I don't know how long she's going to be. Yeah. I'll be fine. Yeah, he's just hurting. And so, he goes he knows that they're in the downstairs bathroom he goes and looks for them and while doing so he kind of notices like other things around and um but then he's like in a panic the entire time he's like oh my gosh did i I wonder when she's gonna come i wonder wonder when she's getting back did i like move that knickknack is it like in the exact same place and like he is freaking out whereas in the movie he's like let's go over here and it's like, oh, that's cool. And it's like, oh, that's a nice penguin. Let me, like, just put it right back wherever it goes. A little knickknack. I don't know. It was just... just felt like there should have been more. What's funny is, to me, when I read it, I wouldn't say he was freaking out, per se. I would say that he was being logical about it and being like, okay, so she's going to come back and she's going to notice this. And she is insane, so I need to make sure that this is in place and this is in place. But... It wasn't him freaking out for me. Oh. Like, it wasn't. I felt like he was freaking out. No. <laughs> I would have been freaking Maybe it's because I would be freaking out. <laughs> Probably. I would have been like, oh my gosh! It's going to kill me! In the movie I did, like, he finds, he goes into her little living area to try and use the phone. And in this living area, in the movie, he finds a shrine for himself, which I think is just Perfect. Like, I don't know why we didn't see that in the book. I, I know, feel like that, that should have been, have been so in funny. the book. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So then eventually he hears her car uh-huh. and he goes back to the room. And in the book, he's having trouble shutting the door because the bobby pin is stuck in the lock. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the movie, it's like, because the bobby pin didn't break off. So I mean, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Well, in the movie, too. He has a whole entire scene in the kitchen, which we didn't have, where his wheelchair doesn't fit in the kitchen. 
and he wants to try the back door through the kitchen. So he gets out of his wheelchair to army crawl to get in the kitchen. And then he has to take a break because he's just exerted so much energy. And that's when he hears her car. So then yeah. he has to army crawl back to his chair, get back in the chair, pull his legs up in the chair. Yeah. So we had the freak out then versus the freak out because the door wouldn't shut yeah. in the book. book. I love that they showed this in the, I don't know why, in the movie and book, Paul regularly picks up the typewriter, right? Because mm -hmm. he's trying to get strong. And I don't know why I was like, that's noteworthy. And then when they did it in the movie, I was like, yes, he picked up the typewriter. <laughs> I feel like it's important at the end. I, it is. Yeah. But it was, the, it, I was just very proud of the movie for doing something right. No, you know what? Overall, the movie did fine. It mm -hmm. was just okay. All right. Okay, oh. so she's she tells him a story about this how she goes oh, and she watches these old like movie things, TV show things live. Oh, what is crap. it? Chapter shows or something they called them? Something old. <laughs> something old. <laughs> Guys, I'm looking it up in the book. Chapter plays. Okay. <laughs> Chapter plays at the movies. Okay. <laughs> So they would, she said that they would stop a, like they would stop and then the next week they'd kind of show a repeat of what Almost happened. like a TV show. Yeah. But this one week she went and they. Rocket Man. Rocket Man. And they showed it wrong. And it was another scene where she just freaked out. She's like overly angry for no freaking reason. And you just, it's just more of like, okay, she's crazy and i just laugh because i'm like wow she wouldn't be able to do this podcast at all because <laughs> she'd be like what that's wrong they did it incorrectly do it again it has to be fair yes so in the book um paul notices that annie usually sings when she's doing chores but at this point she's not this is important because this is she is knows now that he escaped and that's why she's not singing but we don't know that yet. Spoiler. <laughs> that's why I mentioned it. I wasn't going to mention it, but then that's why we know. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. Uh, so at this point in the movie, now they're talking about how to continue Paul's misery book. And so basically in the book, what happens is Paul has written up the first few chapters because he has to read, and they're so boring. I know, it was really boring. But it, I'll give props to Stephen King, because he had to write two stories for uh, one story. Uh, yeah, yeah. And a completely different, like, voice. Yeah. So it had to be hard. Um, but basically, he doesn't know how to get himself out of this hole, because Misery's dead. And he's like, there's no way to get around that. Like, how am I going to do this? So then he's like, okay, she's going to be buried alive, but why is she going to be buried alive? I don't really know. So he writes the first few chapters. Misery obviously isn't alive yet in the story because he doesn't know how to get there. He lets her read it. She reads it and is like, this just, this isn't making sense. Like, you're not putting all your work into it. You're not doing it right. And then she's like, maybe you should try to play with the bee sting idea. Like, maybe she got stung by a bee. And Paul at first is like, no way. Like, I'm not taking, like... He doesn't say it to her. He says, oh, that's a good idea. I'll 
I'll think on that. Mm-hmm. And in his head, he's like, nope, nope, nope. Not going to take anything that she says. In the movie, that's what he's written already. <laughs> like, yeah. She's like, I love that, that she got stung by a bee. And it's like, oh, okay. And she dances around the room. Yeah. It was odd. At this point in the movie, too, she asks him to keep reading chapters for his book. And she goes, because the typewriter is missing the N. And she's like, if I can read the chapters, I'll go ahead and fill in the ends. Whereas in the book, at this point, she asks to read the chapters. And he's like, the only way you're reading those chapters is if you fill in the ends. So he, like, says it in a nice way to try and convince her to do it. Yeah. All of a sudden, in the book, she runs in. He's, like, in the middle of, like, typing or something. And she runs in and shoves a dust rag in his mouth. Mm-hmm. And that only has what I'm assuming is pledge on it. Yes, is what he says. And then... Oh. I just, you just saying that? Yeah, I was. Oh, no. Yeah, no. <laughs> he like, said that. He's like, he smells like pledge or tastes pledge or whatever. That's hilarious. And then I thought she he said him... it was a wood cleaning thing. And we used pledge for our wood piano. Oh, so... Yeah. No, I think he's... I That's think he's hilarious. Pledge. Whoops. Um, well, good on me. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So she runs in randomly and uh, shoves a dust rag in his mouth and handcuffs him. And is like, be quiet. Yeah. She's like, don't let him know that you're here. Shut your mouth. Yeah. And it's because there's a random townsperson outside. And she, you know, Paul can see them arguing and fighting and she... Or her fighting. And she comes back in and he finds out that it's because of she has tax issues. Overdue taxes. And uh, he's, like, trying to play nice. He's like, well, here, you know, take take my money and, you know, you can go and pay him off. And so she's like, really? Really? And that's what got her out of the house again. Mm-hmm. None of that happens in the movie at all. No. Instead, we get an awkward love dinner scene between them. In the oh, movie, they're playing yeah. up the, like, that she's in love with him and is holding him hostage because she's in love with him. Whereas in the book, I feel like it's, uh, Stephen King does a good job at making it seem like Paul is starting to get Stockholm Syndrome. Very slightly. Mm-hmm. Like, you can tell that he doesn't like Annie, that he doesn't want to be there but there are certain times where he like says just the nicest thing about her or is like oh but I couldn't do this to her I would have to do that or like the fact that he wants to write the book for her I I was like yeah okay dude right and so yeah and then okay so then jumping over to the dinner scene in the movie that mm-hmm. did not happen in the book oh yeah it's because this is when we see why Paul has been saving up all of his single pills under the bed because he has broken them apart and there's powder inside and he's put all the powder in a little envelope he made out of paper and he tries to poison Annie in her wine glass. But she accidentally tips the glass over and mm-hmm. he's just like, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. So, made up scene. Why? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wonder if it would be too hard to show... No, it wouldn't. That he was getting addicted to pills. I have no idea why they wouldn't just do it. It's just stupid. Well, it's also the 90s. Like, I feel like... I don't know. I feel like it was a different time back then. And yeah. uh, drugs were not... Uh, I mean, drugs were a common thing, but I don't think it was common to see in movies. 
Got it. Okay, so now all of a sudden Paul figures out how he wants to go with this book in in the book. And he's like ridiculously excited. <laughs> like this is when we first we finally see that he is starting to enjoy writing misery again. This is when I first started to be like, Oh, you've got Stockholm syndrome because yeah. you're now in love with misery when you were not in love with misery at the start of this book. Yeah. And um, the book showed the two of them, like, hanging out and watching shows together mm -hmm. and all that sort of stuff, mm -hmm. which didn't happen in the movie. Mm -hmm. And um, I didn't understand this. Okay, so she... So now Annie has read some more of the book, and she starts, like, pinching her lip, and she smacks her face. She's beating herself up. And I understand why she does in a little bit, but not right here. Why does she beat herself up? So, in Castle Rock, it's very, they make it very obvious that Annie has, I can't remember if it's bipolar or schizophrenia. Annie, I feel like it's bipolar. It probably is. Oh, yes, it is. It is. It's bipolar disorder. Uh, and so, like, in the movie, she's, or in the movie, in the TV show, she's always taking pills for it. But she gets into episodes like this where it's just her bipolar coming out. So Got that's it. what I took these scenes as. Yeah. Okay. It was her random outburst. Okay. And so then it shows in the movie, or uh, in the book, that, <laughs> like, her house has rats. And, like, <laughs> she, like, grabbed a rat. Mm -hmm. And she, like, squoze it so her fingers, like, went in it. And then she started licking the blood of the rat. I was like, what the fuck? Well, it was also a rat that was in a rat trap. Yeah. So it was like a dying rat. And so she was squeezing the rat to kill it. Uh. And essentially, it was one big metaphor. Because Paul is the rat. Right. And so she's squeezing the life out of Paul right that now at this like, point in time. So gross. Yep. Yep. <sighs> so then now Annie is like, very frustrated with, you know, her taxes and everything like that. And she's just like, you know, I just need to go to my laughing place, which is just like a place that she goes to relax. Mm -hmm. They also talk about that in Castle Rock. Okay. So I love that. Um, at this point in the movie, this is when Annie comes to Paul and is like, I can tell that you're healing. You're going to want to leave me soon. And she's like, you can tell she's super depressed. She's not okay with this. And she's super sad. And so I don't even think she mentions that she's going to her laughing place or explains what her laughing place is. But this is when she then leaves Paul to go to her laughing place in the movie. Yes. And so Paul takes this opportunity to try and escape again. And so... He sneaks out, and as he's in the book, he sneaks out to get some food because he's starving. And um, while also out, he grabs a knife, which he did in the movie, too. Mm -hmm. And he also notices a scrapbook of all of the people that Annie has killed. Mm-hmm. Well, he sees a scrapbook, and he's like, maybe I should look in this. And then yeah. he does. Yes. Uh, in the movie, Paul's in her scrapbook. And he's not in her scrapbook in the book. Because he's not dead. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it's basically her, like, her trophy book. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. So great. And it's a bunch of different, like, 
it's mainly infants that are uh yeah because she used to be mm-hmm. a nick Uners. uh and she would kill all the babies mm-hmm. so then the paul ends up going back to bed and because he doesn't know how long andy's gonna be gone so he's just like got food going back to bed and then he was woken up because she gave him a shot mm-hmm. and it was like a super he got super doped up shot like it was like way more way stronger than the pills he's been taking mm-hmm. and uh and he's like okay i have some good news that your car is gone so like she's been going out and checking to make sure his car is gone whereas in the movie like a helicopter found the car and like they pulled it up and like yeah. all these news articles and everything like that mm-hmm. um and then she says the bad news about how she knows he's been leaving the room and because she put strands of her hair everywhere and they were snapped. And so she saw that she read his book and she saw that she saw that he read her book. You said yes. she read his book. <laughs> yes, he read her scrapbook. And it's like all these other things. And then she goes on saying, like, how many times have you left? How many times have you left? And he's like, twice, twice, two times. And she's like, tell me the truth. He's like, I am. And she's like, nope, I, all these strands of hairs are broken. And she, he's like, oh my gosh, it's probably the rats. Like, he's like, because <laughs> she's saying upstairs they're broken, downstairs they're broken. He's like, how am I supposed to get there? I am like in crippled. a wheelchair. Yes. And she just doesn't believe him. So this is when crazy goes on. Gore warning ahead. Gore warning. And so she's like, okay. And she takes out an axe and just <laughs> chops off his foot. And I'm sitting there. I gotta tell you where I was when I read this. <laughs> I, so I do the audiobooks. So I guess r- listen to it. I'm sitting there. I took my kids to the mall park and the, they're playing on. Was this the day the creep gave you ice cream? No. Oh, good. No. <laughs> <sighs> That would have been terrifying. <laughs> Definitely no. No, we went uh, to the mall park. This is when I went shopping for uh, our Harry Potter candy. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm sitting there just as the kids are playing and I have my headphones in and just listening. And then all of a sudden, she's just talking so calmly. And then she's like, said something like, pre, I, and, and I gave you that pre-op shop. And he's like, pre-opt? Did she say pre-op shot? Like, what? And so I'm just sitting there like, oh my gosh. And like, and then it says, she brought out an axe. And I was like, oh my gosh. And like, my, my mouth is dropped and my hands are on my head as my kids are like running around playing at the park. And I'm just like, ah! And then sure enough, she uh, takes like two swings and chops his foot off. And oh my gosh, that was like the most intense thing I've ever read. So in the movie... She doesn't chop his foot off with an axe. She instead hits both of his feet with a sledgehammer and she basically like, shatters the bones in she there. She puts like a block in between mm-hmm. both his feet and then smacks it to one side. She hobbles him is what it's called. Yeah, and smacks it to the other side. Uh, And so I had seen this movie when I was younger, probably too young to have been watching this, but I, I'm fine. <laughs> um, Are we? <laughs> Uh, and this scene is the scene that stuck with me 
for this whole time. Now I know why, because not a whole lot happens throughout the whole entire movie. This is the scene to remember if you're going to remember this movie. So when I got to this part in the book, I was like, an axe? I don't remember it being an axe. So then I like quickly Googled it and it popped up and it's like, no, it wasn't an axe. And I forgot. Now I can tell you. Uh, the reason that they change is because they, although Paul in the book still is the hero and still has the win, they didn't want him to be, what did they say? They didn't want him to be so crippled that you felt bad for him. They wanted him to be a whole hero. I guess so. But the book even said that, which we'll get to, Annie did him a favor by chopping yeah, his foot off. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, he'd have a limp forever, and now the prosthetic helps him not. <laughs> I figured it was a gore thing. They couldn't. They weren't going to do it in the movie. No, no. Rob said it was a hero thing. They didn't want to make the hero lose his foot. I almost think that's better <laughs> when, like, the hero takes so much damage, but they still come out on top. Uh, in the book, he doesn't totally come out on top. Well, no, he's freaking. He's traumatized as all hell. Oh yeah, yeah. But in the movie he's not as bad yeah well listen to why he's traumatized because it only gets worse from there you think how can it get worse from his Whereas, getting chopped off what's hilarious guys is like this is the end of the m- movie Basically. and we still have a lot left of the book yes so we'll go quick now since we aren't gonna have a lot to compare anymore so he's like numb now right like his foot just got chopped off he's just like i cannot even function right now and then uh it just very quickly, the book, I love how Stephen King wrote this very quickly. It was like, he's like, he used to have feelings back when, you know, he had his foot and both his thumbs. And I was like, what? That's weird. <laughs> Why would you say that? Like, you know, I was almost thinking it's like, you know, when you're like, who loves misery and has two thumbs? This girl type of thing. And I was like, that seems very like odd, odd and very that not the right time for mm-hmm. that book to come out. So I just didn't understand it. And then it's because then they do his flashback. flashback about how she chopped, she took a one of those serrating yeah. like, power, knives. power knives and chopped his thumb off because she got upset with him about something. And then she freaking put it on a fake birthday. Like it wasn't his birthday. So it was a cake and she lit the thumbnail or somehow on fire. And she's like, happy birthday. And it was like, this woman is psychotic. And then cut a piece of cake. And all he could think was, I hope she doesn't give me my thumb. Yes. And then she threatened to, if he wouldn't like hurry up with her book or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, oh my. That's what it was. He wanted a new typewriter because now instead of just the N, oh, yeah. he had lost the N and the E or the N and the T and then the E comes later. Yeah. And it was like, she was pissed. That she, she was like, how that. dare you? I already bought this fancy, expensive typewriter. Yes. All right. <laughs> <laughs> My notes now. I use a lot of capitalized because I get so excited, <laughs> you guys. So all of a sudden, <laughs> Paul hears... A cop show up like he sees the side like the lights and everything and he or maybe doesn't see the lights because he wouldn't have the lights on but he sees a cop pull up and he's like oh my gosh and so he wants to scream but he can't scream he's like in shock and so he finally throws an ashtray out the window and the cop realizes and sees him and he's like oh my gosh it's you and so you know paul's like oh my gosh help me and then he's like wait wait she's coming and annie comes up from behind him and freaking like stabs this cop 
with a cross because she was just burying her cow, I think mm-hmm. it was. Her cow was already buried, so she took up her, like, cow's tombstone. Oh, and it was... And stabbed him with it. And yeah. I feel really bad I ruined it for Brie right here because she's like, oh, I just got to where the cop died. I was like, oh, didn't you think him getting mowed... Uh, lawn mode over was pretty gory and she's like i didn't get that far so no no it was because you were like i don't know how like the movie's gonna show it because this gets pretty gory and i was like she just stabbed him with like crosses like in my head and i was like i mean it wasn't that bad and you're like yeah but then the lawnmower (laughs) and i was like wait what so the wait what part is this cop is like dead. He looks dead, right? And then all of a sudden he starts to, you know, sit up and Paul's like, oh my gosh, he's alive. And then freaking Annie comes with her riding lawnmower. Was it mm-hmm. riding? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just freaking mows him over. <laughs> well, because he's trying to get his gun. Yeah. So. so she like mows over his hand and then she mows over his face. Yep. And it's like. I was just sitting there. Again, I was still listening to this while I was at the park. I was like, oh my gosh. And so, uh, uh, so then now she's like, oh, Paul, look what you did. You killed this man because if he didn't see you, it would all have been fine. Blah, 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 blah. blah. And, uh, so then she has to go and clean up before more cops come. But actually in the movie, they did have a cop come. Yeah. And he was killed. Yeah, but not lawn mode. Not lawn mode. So as in the book, as she's, you know, like having to go clean everything up, she brings Paul downstairs in her basement, which... Because she knows the cops are going to be coming back anytime. Yeah. And so while he's down there, he sees lighter fluid. Which is also ironic because not only is Paul a storyteller who is intuitive about things, so is she. Yes, that's true. Mm -hmm. So he grabs the lighter fluid and then... In like a day, she comes back and brings him back upstairs, and two cops end up coming again, and she's like, very like, convincing, like, oh no, you know, and she, she covers- brings him in the house. She yeah. offers them drinks. She lets them see all the rooms they want to see. She covered their tracks of like she planted a soda bottle up the road and was like, yeah, he stopped here for a soda, but you know, and then he kept going and in the book. The police come because they're aware of her past. They're aware of all the, like, death that follows her. And the fact that she got... She was put on the stand for one of them and had to plead not guilty. Or she pled not guilty, but she mm-hmm. was guilty as heck. But um, in the movie, the cops come and are looking around. But they they don't come because they know that she has this past. They come because... They've been looking for clues and, like, talk to the people at the store. And they're like, yeah, she was in here buying typewriter paper. Yeah. And so then in the book, uh, Paul says, you know, he's almost done with the book. And so she's like, oh, this is so exciting. You know, I I bought caviar and some champagne. And, um, and then Paul's like, you know, I always have a cigarette when I finish my books. And she just gets angry. She's like, oh. she's like. Uh, no, cigarettes are bad for you. Like, she, she made sure he she cut all the bad habits when she first started. Hold on. I guess we should have said this first, too. Uh, so, in the movie, when she's put Paul in the basement... In the movie, he's in the basement for, like, ten minutes. Not even. 
a night, like in the book. And this is when the cop gets killed because the cop has come, looked through the house. When he goes to leave, Paul makes a racket. So he comes back in, finds Paul, gets shot. And Annie's upset. And so at this point in the basement, Paul looks at her and is like, oh, because Annie says, look, Paul, look what you made me do. But don't worry, I have a bullet in my revolver, one for me and one for you. And he goes, well, before that, I really want to finish Misery. In the book, Annie is the one who's like, well, I've got a bullet for me and a bullet for you. But you're going to finish Misery before I kill you. Mm -hmm. And at this point, too, he wants to finish. Like, that's the only reason he's still going. Like, he... Mm -hmm. He's so enthralled in the story he's created. Yeah, he needs it to finish. Otherwise, he said he would, like, give up because... Yeah. Well, plus, the main villain in his story is the Burka witch doctor or something like that. And essentially, Annie has turned into her for him. Yeah. Basically. So it's how he triumphs over Annie. Yes. Okay, so he finished he's working on finishing the book and she is like, Fine, you can have your cigarette and but I'm not gonna be there when you smoke it because it's bad. And what's stupid is in the movie, she already knows that he wants the cigarette. He doesn't have to ask her for it. Yeah. She's like and because this is how you end all your books, you really want a cigarette to smoke. And right. then she, like, goes and gets it for him. Whereas in the book, he had to do convincing because she was a nurse and she knows that smoking is bad for you and all this mm -hmm. sort of stuff. And so... um, So she brings in the cigarette and everything to celebrate with him. Yes. And so she's, she leaves and lets him do his smoking. But while she's gone, he lights the book on... Or with lighter fluid. But really, it's not the book. He... Tricks her. Yeah, stack of papers on, at, uh, with lighter fluid. In the movie, he does not do this. But in the movie, this is when he has the best line. Because he lights a sheet of paper before he drops it onto the manuscript to burn all the manuscript. And she's like, oh my god, Paul, why would you do this? And he replies with, why not? I learned it from you. Yes. And I, I loved that line. Good that, job, writers. Yes, that Probably was Probably your best part. <laughs> And so it took three times to light them, like strike the match. So like you're reading mm -hmm. this and you're like, oh, my gosh, make it work. Mm -hmm. And uh, then he lights the whole thing on fire and she freaks out. She's like, no, misery. I need to know how it ends. Because he, again, wouldn't let her read it. So she's freaking out because she needs to know how it ends. And so uh, she picks up the paper and then or the book and then goes try to run and put it out, and he chucks the <laughs> typewriter at her because he's been doing those, you know, typewriter curls. Yeah. And then uh, she falls over, and then he, they just start, like... Wrestling. Yeah, beating each other up, and he shoves the book down her throat and all this the sort ashes of... The of ashes the of it, and it's like... To try and suffocate her. Yeah, so then he's, like, finally crawling away, and she, like, grabs his legs, and they keep fighting, and somehow he knocks her off and, like, oh. knocks her out. Oh, as he's lighting the manuscript on fire in the movie, he tells her how the ending is. Yeah. He's like, you know how you wonder who Misery's father is and how you wish that they got it. Also, her father never comes into play in the book. No, that was so weird. But then, uh, back to them fighting. 
So he starts crawling away like you think he wins. And then all of a sudden she like jumps on him mm-hmm. and it's like, oh my gosh. And so then Allie was very happy when that happened in the movie. I was because I was like, she better do it. She better do it. And then she did. it. I was like, oh, good. <laughs> oh, also, should we talk about the really bad fake head? Yes. <laughs> so then then they're fighting in like in the movie. Both they Paul knocks her out, basically kills her. Yeah, in the movie, he kills her. And uh, <laughs> this, it wasn't CGI. It was like a dummy. Uh-huh. It was practical effects because in the 90s, we didn't have CGI. Right. It was practical, but they didn't know how to do practical effects with uh, the actor or a stunt double, apparently, because they literally, it was it was a fake, it was like a Halloween head. Yeah, and it fell and hit its head. And like, we actually like paused the movie to yeah. laugh at it. It yeah. was so funny. It was horrible. <sighs> But so then, okay, so then he goes and takes some pills and, like, passes out. And he's woken up by the cops there. And they're like, he's like, be careful. She's in that room. She's in that room. She's crazy. And she, and the cops go in there and they come back and they're like, there's nobody in there. And I yelled. I was like, (laughs) no, my gosh. I was like, and at this point, I had just gotten home. So I was listening to it in the car. I just got home and I had to do school. I had 15 minutes left of this book, but I couldn't. I had to do school. And I was just sitting there and I could not focus. I was like, what happened? (laughs) Did Annie come back? (laughs) I couldn't. I was, oh my gosh. And so then, uh, what was it? 18 months later or Mm -hmm. something like that. Mm -hmm. And now Paul's in New York and, uh, he was got that new mis- misery book published because he saved it. He didn't burn it. And um, so he's in uh, he goes to his apartment to write some more. And then all of a sudden Annie shows up <laughs> and like basically chops him in half and then mm-hmm. chops off his hands and then chops off his head. And you're just sitting there like, what is going on? <laughs> I was like, no, I was like. 90% sure this was a, like a PTSD thing, but there was that 10% where I was like, no, 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 no. And uh, sure enough, it was a PTSD thing. And uh, she, we find out that she wasn't in the room because she, she crawled out the window to try and survive, but ended up dying. In she the... was on her way to go get the shotgun to kill Paul. Yeah, but she died in the barn. And that's how the movie ended. And the book ended kind of, or that's how the book ended. The movie ended where he was selling, talking to his publisher. And then yeah. he had a, like a vivid Annie PTSD thing where a waiter or a waitress was coming up to him. And then it looked like Annie with a knife. But then you realize it was just a waitress. And then she goes, I'm your number one fan. Yeah, but Paul looked, you know, like. Oh, yeah, I get PTSD still. Like, he was smiling with it. Yeah. It seemed like an odd acting choice to me. But mm. I I feel like he was trying to play it off as, meh, whatever. But Yeah. But I feel like Paul in the book, would. it is not a whatever mm-hmm. situation. It's a... Uh, I feel like on the outside, he's trying to play it off like I'm not phased by it. But mentally, he's not okay. I guess so. Yeah. No, that's it. That was it. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. I think it was a good kick off to spooky season. You're welcome. Yes, thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's see if the rest of the Stephen King books are 
as good. I'm excited to start Gujo now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now we're going to get to casting our... In the book, uh, while we're reading the book, we're like, there's going to be two actors we have to talk about. That's it. And then we watch the movie and there's freaking like a bunch. But we're yeah. going to just talk about the four main ones. That yeah. And are in it the yeah. most. So Paul Sheldon was played by... James Caan. I thought he was perfect. I Everything I see him in ever since I've seen Misery forever and a day ago, he's Paul. Yeah. So. And he did really good. Mm-hmm. Um... I was interested when I found out that was going to be him mm-hmm. because, you know, I, you know, the main thing I know him from is Elf. Yeah. And I always picture the scene of him yelling at Buddy to, like, get out of his life. Yeah. And I was, like, trying to imagine how that would be Paul because Paul seems so, like... Level-headed. <laughs> yes. And that was definitely not... But he, yeah. Yeah. he's an actor and he knows how to play different he's, roles. Yeah. Great actor. Yes. And then Annie Wilkes. Was... Kathy Bates. Oh. Annie Wilkes was Kathy Bates. <laughs> Look, you're doing it again. <laughs> Dang it. I even wrote it right, you guys. I just... Dang it. <laughs> uh, again, Kathy Bates is Annie. Like, I when I watched Castle Rock and it was the chick who plays Janice, I was like, not right. dude, you're not Kathy. But then... By the second episode, I was like, oh, you're perfect. <laughs> like The only thing mm-hmm. is that she was so young. Yeah. It was odd. Yeah. Like, she doesn't have... I've been watch, I've been rewatching uh, The Office, mm-hmm. and so I'm at the season mm-hmm. where she is. And so it's weird seeing her go from her, you know, Florida <laughs> drawl to... Very like high pitch young. Oh, voice. you dirty bird! You dirty bird! And so, I don't know. I I thought she did really good though. I'm not saying she didn't. It was just odd mm-hmm. to see her not as the Kathy Bates I know. I'm writers should have did it more. Uh, all of the all of the language that she uses, the like dirty birds, the oogies, the mm-hmm. like all of that. Because in Castle Rock, every other sentence has. Oh, you're such a dirty bird in it. It's my favorite. I thought it was so good. She said it quite a bit, but not nearly as much as Annie did in the book. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. You should watch Castle Rock. I might have to. It's on Hulu. All right. So the other two main actors who were in it was... Buster, played by Richard Farnsworth. He was the cop that is looking for Paul. The entire time. And I kind of loved him. Like, at first I was upset that he was in the movie. And then after, like, two or three scenes, I was like, I like you. I know. This is good. I did, too. Yeah. Like, I mean, he wasn't needed for the book, but he was fun for the the movie. Yeah. And then his wife was the other main character. Her name's Virginia. And she is played by Frances Sternhagen. And they were a cute couple. They were yeah. like, they played off each other pretty good. Yeah. There was a scene where uh, she's on the phone and someone's looking for him because he's the cop in town. And she's like, I don't know where he is. <laughs> so the person on the other line, you don't hear what they're saying. But she's like, oh, so you think he's having an affair? <laughs> and then he like comes in and she's like, hey, Jim wants to know who you're having an affair with. <laughs> it, was, it was cute. Oh, I have to mention that the pig played herself so her (laughs) name was misery (laughs) i thought it was funny okay what do you prefer what do you prefer i know what you prefer i like the book way better 
I don't know. I think this one's a tie. That's interesting. You know why? Because <laughs> you saw the movie first. I did. And I liked the movie. Mm-hmm. But I really liked the book, too. And there's a lot of differences. Mm-hmm. But I think I like them each for their own thing. Okay. That's fair. Mm-hmm. I'll give it to you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because it basically felt like a separate thing. They kind of are. I mean, I, there are a lot of similarities, but a lot of differences. Okay. Mm-hmm. Next week. Guys, I finally get to talk about Johnny Depp for a reason. <laughs> Not just to throw him into the podcast randomly. I think we've thrown him in every episode, I think. I'm pretty sure. Uh, sir, I'm pretty sure. Sir. Here I thought it would be Rob who I did that I know. It's Johnny. Oh my gosh. Yes, so we're going to watch Secret Window and read Secret Window next. And I'm excited. Me too. Yeah. It's one of my favorites. I love that book and that movie. Yes, and I saw the movie first for this one. Uh huh. So Forever know. ago, because someone might have made you watch it a million times. A million over. times. <laughs> so I'm interested to see which one I prefer. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> All right, you guys. Thanks for listening. Yep. See you later. Bye. Bye. See you later. <laughs> Thanks for sticking with us. We hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, we would greatly appreciate it if you subscribed and gave us five beautiful stars. You can also follow us on Facebook at Offscript and Instagram at Offscript Podcast 21. Shout outs to Ashley McGee for our adorable logo art. And Adam Daniel for our incredible theme song. And our one and only Brie for our editing. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> See you next time.